two, one. We are live for a new episode of Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Winchow. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, it was a pretty slow news week, so we don't have that many news items to get through. But we uh, we still have a few interesting things we want to discuss with you guys. Uh, but then that's going to leave us probably more time to answer your questions. So if you have any questions, put them in the comment section right now. And uh, we're going to get to them. It can be anything about the subject we're discussing today, or it can be other subject in the EV space that you want us to address. Uh, all right, let's jump in. Uh, the Cybertruck. So we've been trying to track the progress toward production for a long time now because, uh, I mean, it's probably the most anticipated vehicle program in the world right now. Uh, we are ex we are estimating like something over a million people have reserved the truck. Just a hundred dollar deposit, though, so it's not like a, not that big of a commitment or anything. But still, like, people are looking forward to that truck. And even though it, the Cybertruck is a bit late in the pickup electric pickup truck space, with the Lightning already come, uh, the Rivian has been saying for a while now. Is Silverado coming soon? Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that later, but. Um, there's still there's still plenty of space in that particular sector of the of the EV or passenger vehicle market, and Tesla still has the opportunity to make a big splash just because of how big they are at quickly ramping up production. So there's that's why there's a lot of eyes right now on the Cybertruck vehicle program and getting into production. And the little tidbit of news today that happened is like two new uh, prototypes, so at least bodies of Cybertruck were spotted at the Gigafactory Texas. Uh, I was spotted by Mr. Joe Tegmeyer, and uh, he's one of those uh, drone pilots that keeps flying over the factory. And uh, according to Joe, these weren't built at the factory, though. They Tesla took delivery of them, so they were built somewhere else and shipped to Tesla factory, probably for some validation of the production process. Um, but we do know that uh, also... Hydra, who produces the, the big giga presses that Tesla use uh, for the rear casting of the Model Y and the front casting of the Model Y too now. And they, uh, they are building this new world's biggest casting machine. Uh, I think Tesla already had the biggest one at a 6,000-pound 6, 6, one. Now they're getting a 9,000-pound one. And it is to produce the Cybertruck's body. And we just learned this week that Hydra uh, us finished producing the, the new giga press. I mean, producing these things like a single one it's like a it's, it's something of an achievement like it's it's um it's not like taking delivery of your average uh, production equipment this is uh this the, the delivery of that is going to be a big step towards just bringing the cyber truck to production and um now the timing that we see those bodies being delivered to tesla the hydra new gigapress for cyber truck production being accomplished there's uh things brewing uh, on the Cybertruck front, but the actual timeline to production is still a little bit vague because we heard two things from Elon most recently. Elon has mentioned twice uh, mid-2023 for the for production of the Cybertruck, but once he said start of production in mid-2023, and the other time he said volume production in 2022, which are, are two wildly different things, obviously. If the latter is true, uh, production should start like right now. <laughs> uh, and those, those two uh, builds right there, Cybertruck bodies. But things are well, at least moving on that direction. Do you think they produce any uh, Cybertrucks by the end of next year? Uh, seems seems like far-fetched. And here's why. Really? Like, yeah. Well, so I think they'll have limited numbers, um, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be producing customer vehicles by then. Um, and you, you know, so we just saw this week, uh, a Chevy Silverado, uh, being tested. Those are coming out next year. Um, uh, like the, the mules of a truck that, you know, on the street, like production came off a line. Um, we, you know, that takes like a long, like a lot of testing. I mean, the Rivians were out for like two or three years before they even started producing them. Like they were driving up from south south america so yes i think they'll probably get a few off the line they're certainly going to get some like you know beta cyber trucks off the line but it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to mass produce them at that point 
Yeah, and it's it's also a, like a two prong issue. Like there's this Cybertruck itself as um, technology that are new to uh, mass production, including right. the exoskeleton. But there's also the 4680. Uh, as far as we know, that the Cybertruck program is dependent on the 4680 battery cell. And as far as we can tell, Tesla still has issues producing those in, in, in decent volume. Uh, apparently, the goal is still to achieve that by the end of the year, but uh, they, they've been late already. And uh, we, I would anticipate some more delays on that front at this point. Yeah. And um, it just seems like, uh, you know, Elon's a little busy right now with uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like, I, and, you know, frankly, who cares? Like, they're making enough uh, Model 3s and Model Ys, uh, and they're growing. You know the company's growing in size. Uh, so. Yeah, but they they need a new vehicle soon to to keep to keep that pace of growth, like a fifty percent uh, production delivery per year. It's uh, there's still room to grow from, especially from Model Y. But uh, I I think they they need a new car next year for sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm currently testing a Ford F one fifty, which is the same relative like footprint and size, and it's just way too big of a vehicle. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm not bullish on Cybertruck. Although I know the US, it's like the number one selling vehicle mm -hmm. in the US by far for like decades. But it's just for me, like I've, I'm kind of over the Cybertruck. I'm, I would like to see Roadster. I would like to see some upgrades to the model. You know, I would like to see another uh, line. Cybertruck just seems like, you know, a toyish. Not that the Roadster isn't, you know, a mass market vehicle by any stretch. But yeah, the. the oh. Out there, we're gonna fit the description better than the cyber truck, right? Right, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think that this, this cyber truck is still going to be successful, even though, even though it's big, like, like you said, there's plenty of uh hunger for a bigger vehicle, especially in North America. All right, this is this is interesting here. The, the Tesla has a new energy app uh, that they are launching uh, first with the Model S and X, but we uh, assume that it's going to make its way to the Model Three and Model. Uh, so Tesla early was kind of uh, a leader on that front, like in terms of like giving you information about how your energy. But they haven't updated that app in, uh, as far as I like a long time, like for years probably. And now you have a few competitors that are like, they know that a lot of electric vehicle buyers and, and electric vehicle fans, they, they, they like to dig deep into exactly like where their energy is going and try to optimize uh, and so forth. Uh, so this new update to the app here allows you, gives you a lot more information and even gives you tips to improve your uh, uh, energy consumption here. So you, you get now, you can track exactly the uh, projected energy consumption throughout your a trip if you have a trip set and then you see the live um current energy uh consumption to it so you can see how you track so like for this example uh in this example you the person is consuming a little bit more energy than it was projected and then you can even uh tesla tells exactly where that energy is going so well they don't put the propulsion but obviously oh they don't they put it here Okay, they put it on this example, not the other one. So yeah, the driving, so prop, uh, the propulsion of the vehicle, that's uh, obviously most of it. So on this 12.3 miles uh, trip, uh, 9.8 already uh, has been used for, for the driving propulsion, then 0 0.8 for climate. Uh, 1.5, that's not necessarily, just, that's in the driving too, but part of the elevation contributed more. So 1.5 miles. Um, if you're going trip. downhill, will it be negative? I would assume so, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. All right, you see, the next next to it, you have, so it's the consumption versus trip projection. Okay, so that's actually what was consumed. And so the elevation was more than what the, so that, so we know that Tesla has been putting a lot more of these factors in now into the, actually, I think elevation has been in there for a while, to be, to be fair, though. I don't think that's completely new. Uh, but so it, look, it looks in this case, so that's not the fault of the driver here. That's that's that would be the fault of Tesla's own projection. If uh, so, 0.7 miles more that it consumed for elevation uh, rather than what was projected. But the projection on the elevation that would be on Tesla's uh, Tesla's fault, right? Um, 
So you also get a range tip, uh, staying below 70 miles per hour will serve you 1.1 mile on this trip. So that's obviously speed is a big factor. If you drive slower, you're going to achieve a higher efficiency. Then setting the cabin temperature to 72 Fahrenheit will have saved you 0.2 miles. So the, in this example, people were going a little bit more comfort versus efficiency, which is completely fair. Um, but uh, they go even further than that. So we are uh, in this in second example here on the 20.3 miles consumed trip, uh, you even have screen time. So the use of the screen consumed 2.3 miles of range. Uh, I don't know exactly what, uh, how is that taken into account, like your screen time, because the screen is always on. So yeah. when you play with it, it consumes more than if it's just on. Maybe if you're doing karaoke or something. I don't know. That's that's a weird thing to have. Yeah. Or maybe if you put it in dark mode, it's better. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and that's well, also a lot, like 2.3 miles in screen time. That that would seem to be a lot of... I wonder if that's like, uh, you know, like the CPU or GPU as well. Oh, wait a second. So this is an example of park when you're parked. Because uh, uh, you, you see 20.3 uh, 20 miles consume. And 13.5 of that was sentry mode. So this is an example of someone who's parked and has sentry mode on. Is the beating from me here? That's me. Let's see. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was getting confused. Uh, so, so yeah, well, set to check this out. So this is the, an example of someone who's parked, have sentry mode on, and also the screen time is probably like when, when you have sentry mode on, you can see on the screen, you can see that the image of, uh, I don't know, uh, is it Portal or it's one of those video games that they have an image of uh, on the screen. So that uh, that consumes some, uh, some uh, energy, then preconditioning. So the person had preconditioning on. So you would assume that that would consume more than that actual screen, though. 3.5 miles of preconditioning. Well, it does. It did consume more, but not that much more. Uh, and you can even have like summon standby uh, that affects it, though in this case it didn't. Vehicle standby, so that's I assume is just a regular vampire drain. Uh, but that, that, but anyway, that's uh, there's a lot of information to dig into. So uh, once we we get that update, it's probably going to be something interesting at first to uh, look at your trip because uh, I mean this, the the parking one is 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 one thing, but obviously I think the trip projection is. Uh, is yeah, the most interesting one. I love this stuff. I like uh, in my other EVs. I really wish there was more information that you could like you can get out. And the fact that they're presenting all this stuff, you don't have to consume it. You don't have to go onto this window and look at it. But for me, like I mean, the energy thing is already a little bit like that. It's just you don't have the breakdown by consumption mm -hmm. and the range tips. I mean, you know, like all right, if I turn off the climate or turn down the climate, I'm going to start. You know, I'm going to get a little bit more range. Or how much am I actually, you know, how much is air conditioning affecting my drive? That kind of stuff. So this is super cool to me. Um, I, you know, one of the things about the Model 3 and the Model Y interface was that they took out a lot of like, you know, how many watts are you using, you know, to accelerate and mm -hmm. stuff. So anything they're putting back, I'm, I'm loving it. So, and this is, this is something I like. Yeah, this is something to always put a little asterisk on, though, because a lot of people are not familiar with it because they're like, ah, do I have to worry about all of that? Like, just to, like, if I... Hey, Fred, I think you're muted. I'm um, sorry, guys. We, uh, we have a technical difficulty here. Not getting any sound from Fred. He's muted now. Oh. All right, he's going to pop out and pop on again. Um, so, you know, talking about the uh, the range estimate, the current uh, Model 3, Model Y uh, software has uh, something like that. But um, I think that adding more things to the bottom is going to be a boon for people like me who are super into the... the... Are you there, Fred? Yep, yeah, yeah. You can hear me now? Yep. 
Uh, I think uh, I think it's uh, StreamYard is having having some issue with StreamYard today. Uh, all right, so we're all done with this uh, energy app. So if you're a Tesla shareholder this week, uh, not a great week. Uh, I think <laughs> I didn't check today by the market close, but it went with six percent by three p.m. or something like that. So. Uh, this stock has had uh, a, a rough go, and a lot of it is a lot of analysts that they've been chiming in for the last few um, last few over the last few weeks, trying to both digest the um, Q3 result that well not the result but the at least the production and, and delivery result that was released a few uh, last week, and. Um, there is this demand thing happening again. And even Morgan Stanley, like Adam Jonas, Morgan Stanley, who's generally pretty optimistic about Tesla, even mentioned that there might be a beginning of demand destruction being shown at the margin. And so that triggered a lot of people. And um, this whole discussion about Tesla's demand is, uh, is, is back at the forefront of the, at least the stock market's discussion at, at the very least. And... Um, yeah, even uh, Troy Tesla, who's uh, been tracking the backlog, has reported that the backlog of order from Tesla is at a, a two-year low, basically, at 317,000 units. Uh, that's mostly based on the uh, timeline, the delivery timeline that Tesla reports itself. So does Tesla have a demand problem right now? My main my main thing with Tesla, the, this, this suggestion that Tesla would have a demand problem is that... Uh, why is not Tesla putting any demand trigger if they do have a demand problem right now? Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being pricing. Tesla has increased pricing a lot over the last two years. Uh, they are at a record high for good reason, in part, because obviously there's been a lot of inflation and supply chain issues. But if you look at Tesla's gross margin, they're also at a record high. So uh, it, it, there's definitely room to decrease prices if, if Tesla was seeing a, a demand problem. Uh, where they, they could take a bit of a hit at the on the gross margin sides of things in order to boost um, demand, which they haven't done, which leads me to believe that there's not a significant demand issue. There might be some issues in terms, especially in the U.S. right now with the tax credit coming. There might the, the tax. I don't know. It's hard to determine how big of an impact the tax credit is going to have on Tesla because of all the restriction. And I'm not just talking about the the uh, battery, uh, critical mineral uh, restriction, everything. And in the case of Tesla, because of uh, the Model 3 starting at $47,000 and Model Y not and almost $60,000, these are expensive vehicles and there is, there's the restriction of uh, $150,000 income for a single filer, $300,000 for dual filers. So the... These are vehicles that I mean, if you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, it's you're, you're stretching it basically to 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 buy uh, that car. Maybe not, maybe not a new Model Three, but uh, any like a fifty thousand dollar car. If you make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, or actually, it's less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year because that's the cutoff limit. It it, it can be a um, financial strain on someone. So. So so yes, that that I don't know how, but there's definitely some people that. It's it's gonna affect him, and if you do, get, and with the seventy five hundred dollars, then maybe like, oh, you you, you think I, I could I could afford it with that? So it's gonna be an impact. It's just hard to determine how big of an impact. So some people right now are definitely waiting to place an order on a Tesla vehicle to make sure that they do get delivery uh, in Q one twenty twenty three when they can have access to it. Uh, obviously, these are the other also. Um, Criteria that are going to affect it. Um, we don't think that the base Model 3 can get it because of uh, the batteries likely coming from China. So there's there's going to be a few issues on that front too. So, so there might, might be some people that are waiting for, for no reason to right now. So that might be affecting the demand. But going into 2023, especially if they get it on all Model Y uh, variants, thanks to the $80,000 limit on an SUV, the Model Y being considered an SUV, uh, seventy-five hundred dollars. That's going to make a, dif a decent difference, and um, if if the battery requirements are okay, which we think they probably are, since the batteries are coming from um, Geofactory Nevada, I think uh, I think Tesla is not going to have any problem going into twenty twenty-three for the demand. But right now, that might be like a, a like a weird little situation at this moment in Q four. 
Yeah, do you think it's possible that uh, other car uh, companies and cars are eating into Tesla's demand? So, you know, people buying Kia EV6s or, um, you know, there's a new Mercedes EQB on the market that kind of competes well with the Model Y. Um, is it possible that, you know, that we're starting to get to the, you know, we're starting to get as many electric vehicles as there is demand? That's not what I'm seeing. Like, uh, especially if you're talking about EV6 and Ionic 5, uh, the only reason there is any inventory right now is some greediness on the on the dealership front. Really, right. Because, uh, otherwise, every every everything would be sold out. So, there, I, I think there's uh, like a few factors coming in right now with uh, some higher prices and uh, the fact that. Um, the economy right now is also not very stable footing that some people are like, all right, I might push the purchase of a new vehicle, but still the market is so crazy. Like my, my friend just took delivery this week of a VW ID four and uh, he, he could sell it right now for like $15,000 more than, than he bought it. Like they, there's a dealership uh, not too far from the dealership that he bought it that has one. I think an Audi dealership that has some uh, used VW four. ID4. So it's uh, the, the market is still crazy on the demand on the EVs. Like it's, I don't, I don't think we, we have any demand matching production just yet. Uh, on a, yeah, go ahead. On an unrelated note, um, I have, so I'm really, my, my, I just got my mom a Bolt EV mm-hmm. and I'm really kind of tempted. My neighbor just got a Bolt EUV with Super Cruise. I'm really tempted to trade in my Model 3 for a Bolt EV because I can get so much for the Model 3. I'll probably profit like, I don't know, maybe $10,000 uh, by selling my Model 3 for, you know, like $35,000 and getting a Bolt for $25,000. Or maybe I get, you know, a nice decked out Bolt EV with a sunroof and stereo upgrade and Super Cruise. Mm. So what do you think about that? Like if I can break even on a brand new Bolt EUV with Super Cruise and, you know, everything for 2018 base model, long range uh, Model 3, what do you think about that? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, you, you there's the there's the warranty aspect of it though that's right. that, that's nice that's that's definitely something like a lot of people like they, they just they trade in their cars when the warranty is running out so you 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 would get a brand new warranty that's that that's nice but personally i think i would still prefer uh driving a mold through a variable tv yeah i agree the uh the, the driving experience for sure but like for me you know it's, it's kind of nice to have a hatchback it's kind of nice uh, to be able to like zip around uh, in a small car versus the Model 3, which is not a big car, but it's a sedan. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit longer, a little bit wider. Uh, there's more room in the garage. There's all these like little things that and and for trips, um, you know, we have the Model Y. So and which has, you know, full self-driving and all the other silly stuff. So it's not like we're going to have problems on trips because we got the Bolt. We have the Model Y for trips. And I'm thinking maybe I should, uh, you know, get a brand new bolt, uh, or and make money off the whole thing. There's, there's a bit. Uh, I'm losing your audio again. There you are. I am having issues again. Yeah, uh, the uh, the other things are like uh, you would trade it in with the GM dealership with your local GM dealership, your Model Three. No, I'd probably sell it. Uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. If you want a best price, you probably have to sell yourself, and that, right. that's more that's work a, too. That's a pain in the butt. Yep. Well, maybe I, I'll see what GM will give me, but yeah. yeah, a lot of people commenting like supercharger and, and, and stuff like that. That definitely is the biggest disadvantage. But I was not gonna mention it because, of course, Set also has a small Y, and that's what you're gonna use in the. Yeah, and you know we use that car for just around town, mm-hmm. and you know it's just the same garage mm-hmm. charger. All right, uh, in um, in New Mexico, 
Tesla has doubled down on his strategy to use the uh, to use tribal land to open uh, service centers and stores. So we reported on that last year, and then we thought it was a very interesting approach from Tesla. There's still a few states out there that doesn't allow Tesla to have direct its direct sell model to operate its own stores and its own service centers. Uh, and service centers is a pretty wild one; like they don't even allow Tesla to service their own car. It's uh, it's it, it's insane. But uh, in New Mexico is one of those states. But also, it's one of those states that has a lot of tribal land that's actually pretty close to uh, big city centers. Um, well, I mean, there's not huge cities in, in New Mexico, but there's Santa Fe and there's Albuquerque. And um, so last year, Tesla made a deal with a local uh, tribal group, uh, native group, the Nambe Pueblo. I think that's how you, First Nation of Nambe Pueblo. And uh, that was, uh, they took over basically an old casino north of Santa Fe uh, to build a, a location there to service the area. So we, it, it's a way to get around the fact that, okay, you, you, the laws in the state say that an automaker cannot operate its own, um, its own service center or store on state land. Well, it's not state land, it's native land. So <laughs> they're fine with that. And uh, it was successful enough that, that they did it again uh, today. The, uh, this week, they announced a deal with the Santa Ana Pueblo, who are, uh, they have land that's really close to Albuquerque. So that was the other big city center that uh, Tesla needed to cover. And uh, now they made a deal uh, with them to open a location there. And I thought it was interesting because even like the cabinet secretary and uh, like a bunch of politicians like applauded the uh, Tesla's approach uh, in, the, in the in the announcement. But like they are the legislation, the legislation, so they are the ones that are preventing Tesla. To, they are the one that's forcing Tesla to have to go to the native uh, uh, tribes to in order to uh, establish a service in the in the area. It's pretty crazy. So now Tesla is basically covered in New Mexico, at least Albuquerque and Santa Fe. And uh, there's uh, Las Cruces, too, in the south of the state. But uh, Tesla has a service center in El Paso that is pretty close to that. So I assume that's for now. That's uh, that's going to be it for Tesla in New Mexico. Kind of sad that they have to do that. Still, <laughs> yeah. today, like 2022. Well, it's good business for the, the native tribes. Yeah. At get, least. Get some smokes and get some Teslas. <laughs> yeah. Play a casino. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on from Tesla news, uh, Polestar 3 was officially debuted uh, this week, debuted this week. Uh, so we have all the specs and the price, uh, which was uh, a little bit surprising. Actually, it's a little bit more expensive than anticipated. $84,000 is starting price. Starting price. Crazy. Yeah. And um, they priced themselves out of the tax credit, too. So I don't know what's happening there. Uh, because uh, it's an SUV, so eighty thousand dollars is the top uh, price that you can have the access to the tax credit. And they announced that it's going to be built in the U.S. So, you know, Paul Star has been one of those uh, foreign automakers that's pioneered the, the strategy of actually building their cars in uh, in China and exporting them. So uh, they, they they have success with that with the Paul Star Two. But now the Paul Star Three, they announced that they're going to build it in the U.S. But you would assume that it is to get access to the tax credit, but it is priced out so the tax credit. I think the first is they were talking about a seventy-five thousand dollar price, which would have been right uh, on the margin of it, but apparently not. So in terms of the the design, you can see it here. I think it's solid. Uh, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean it looks awesome. It mm -hmm. you know the specs are awesome. Uh, was it one one what how big is the battery? It's huge, right? A hundred and eleven kilowatt hour of battery. That's, yeah, uh, so that seems like almost too big to be honest with you. But uh well trend trend and miles EPA, uh so I, I assume that it's not like the most efficient vehicle out there. Right. Uh it's 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 pretty boxy, pretty big. Yeah, but I mean that's probably why it costs so much. I feel like they probably should have come with a base model with a smaller battery maybe like a 85 90 kilowatt hour and you know a price tag maybe like seventy thousand. but you know they this is what they have yeah it's uh i mean it's a big vehicle if five thousand seven hundred pounds it's no uh it is heavy uh 3500 pounds of uh, towing capacity no, that's not bad drag coefficient 0.29 that's pretty not bad yeah for an suv it's not bad 
250 kilowatt charging also very good um look at the interior here it's if you're familiar with the inside of the uh Polestar 2, uh, at least uh, the driving uh, situation and the center display and all that, it's extremely similar. Uh, there's no pictures of the back seat. Um, I assume I assume this can be a this can be a third row in this, no? I would assume, yeah. I mean, for that Did price. It? No, no pictures. Huh. No pictures of the third row. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of sporty. I, yeah, I, don't, I guess it's not a done deal. I mean, it's called a Polestar 3, third row. No, maybe not. Uh, and if there was one, I feel like uh, we would have led with that, but uh, maybe not. No, no mention of a third row. That would be that would be a bummer. That would be a bummer. All right, you'd mentioned it earlier a little bit, but uh, you spotted a post of uh, a rare Silverado EV prototype charging at Electrify America. Yeah, uh, so I actually got <clears throat> got a little bit more details on this, which is a little scary to me. But um, yeah, just a Reddit poster posted this, uh, and I followed up with him, and he gave me some more photos. Um, it's you know, it's it's kind of like the one we saw a few months ago that GM shared a video of. Um, for some reason, GM doesn't have the trim on their prototypes. I guess that's a way to like camouflage them a little bit. Um, yeah, you mean like uh, I know we saw the Hummer Avia also had. Uh, yeah, that. yeah. It just seems like a weird thing to do, like you know, roll around with like mm -hmm. car and like seems like pieces. Anyway, we seen we seen the Hummer, so it's not like a one off or something. Um, but we saw a video earlier of the. Silverado EV in, te in testing and it looked quite a bit like this but um, mm -hmm. there was some like silver uh, bolts and stuff so maybe not the same exact vehicle but mm -hmm. seemed pretty close um, so we talked to the guy uh, the reddit redditor who had uh, taken the pictures he said that they tried <laughs> they tried charging at one electrify America didn't start or actually it was it was charging at 30 kilowatts which is you know, probably takes like six hours to charge a uh, Silverado at that speed. And then they had to move over to another one. Uh, and th then they got like, you know, over 100 kilowatts. So um, I'm actually driving a Ford F-150 to Detroit uh, this weekend. Um, and I'm using Electrify America stations. And would, the, the nice part is that I uh, got plug and charge. The, the, the bad part is that everybody I've ever talked to says, be careful electrify america aren't reliable um and you, you know sometimes you get really great speed sometimes you get abysmal speed so i you know i don't want to be sleeping at a uh, electrify america station while this thing is charging so hopefully that yeah. goes well you have to uh, change it up to like sometimes on the when the one is too slow you have to like to switch it to the other one like they did like that's that's very common yeah, I mean, but this I'm, thing is supposed to have 350 kilowatt charging, too, right? It's, uh, no, it's 350. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah, that's that's you know, lots. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like the Hummer, I think, in terms yeah. of like it's basically two. It's like an, a car Ultium battery times two. Mm -hmm. So you know, like uh, you know, obviously the Bolt is one of, an example of an Ultium, or sorry, not the Bolt, the uh, the Equinox. So it'd be like two Equinox batteries stacked on top of each other. So each one of those charging at, you know, 175 and you get 350, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. Uh, so I'm going to be charging the, the Ford, um, which I think tops out under 200 kilowatts. Um, so I've, I've checked the Electrify Americas. There's Taco Bell at the first one. So that'll be fun. And then... Um, the second one, I think there's a TGI Friday. So a little midnight snack. It'll be a late night charge. So hopefully there's no uh, demand charge, you know, leveling there. Yeah. All right. We're gonna, last piece of news we're going to discuss is uh, Honda. So last week we kind of uh, went a little bit hard on Honda about the, the prologue. They unveiled the design of it. And uh, we said that, uh, I mean, we like the car, obviously, but it's the more of how... 
aggressive or are not aggressive they are about their all electric vehicle effort especially in north america with the first one coming in 2024 again the prologue and uh, then the second one coming in 2026 and the one in 2026 is the first one that's going to be built on their own platform because the prologue is built on the gm altium that we just discussed so now this week the uh they announced a major investment into producing electric vehicles and batteries into the u.s so a welcome announcement but there's no there's nothing that it doesn't enable anything new like it's not like it changes the timeline for anything of the vehicles or anything like that it's still like this announcement sounds like it is to produce that vehicle that's coming in 2026 uh so the first one built from the ground up but it is a significant 4.4 billion dollars investment in ohio so ohio is really becoming an ev up uh, with uh, gm being there ford being there um I mean, Foxconn being there. Uh, there's a lot of companies being there. And now uh, Honda is investing $700 million in its existing Ohio plan in order to gear them for electric vehicle production and a new $3.5 billion battery cell factory in partnership with uh, LG Energy Solution. So they're taking basically the same approach as, uh, as GM did with their partner, the Ultium partnership with LG. Now, Honda is doing the same, so uh, kind of makes sense since they're basically using also GM and technically GM and LG's technology for the prologue. Um, it's going to be something similar for their own EV coming in 2026, which we don't have any information about. But uh, construction is expected to start early next year for the new battery uh, factory, uh, expected to be completed by the end of 2024 uh, for production in 2025 and ahead of uh, the 2026 model with a capacity of 40 gigawatt hours so a decent very decent capacity uh, it is going to be a gigafactory at least so that that gives us an idea of um the kind of volume that uh honda wants to produce that new vehicle at uh, in 2026 it just so it is a significant commitment it's just i don't know how it, it is late i think 2026 yeah 2026 is a long way off yeah, it's four years away. Three, three four years away. They should be doing stuff today. Yeah. Um, also, it doesn't Honda have like a deal with Sony as well? Like, I know they have a GM uh, Ultium deal, but I thought they were going to build Sony's EVs as well. I wonder if those are going to. Yeah, but apparently that's going to be just a subscription EV or something like that. Like, it's not even like they're not even going to sell it. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like just yet, but uh, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I guess. Better late than never. Yeah, well, we'll see. Like they are really like flirting with like just giving up on the North American market. I think at this point, but uh, give them the benefit of the doubt for now. All yeah. right, do we have a few questions uh, before we end the show this week. Yeah, can you see the stars on the uh, on the interface? The stars. Yeah, I made like little blue stars on the and the questions I'm going to answer. Anyway. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that now. Yeah, I thought that might be a good way to root out the good stuff all right dan oberst i would not want a customer vehicle this year we're talking about the cyber truck they need to test vehicles for a long time before i want to take delivery i agree like uh i always for whatever reason order and like the first tesla's off the line and i'm always regretting it uh so yeah it's part of your job yeah <laughs> i know all right, yeah. So the semi is the new vehicle that uh, Tesla's putting out this year, so we don't have to worry about them getting stale with the Model Y and the Model Three. Um, Greg Poland Cybertruck—they covered it in white. That's like putting a spotlight on it for drone flyers. They want them to be seen. Uh, perhaps, probably not. I well, think that's. I think just... there's, uh, there's some breaking news set. Uh oh. Trevor Milton has been found guilty. Oh. Uh, in in his case. That's sad. Poor poor guy. We love Trevor. Um, guilty on one count of securities fraud and two counts of wire fraud. Ooh, he's in trouble. Uh, not guilty on one count of securities fraud. So, yeah. three. He, he beat one out of four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's batting three thirty-three. I thought you were going to tell me the Yankees scored. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to uh, Greg Poland. So Cybertruck is covered in white. I don't think that is to bring attention to it. I think it's just. So it doesn't get scratched in transport. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
All right. Uh, I'd be happy to take delivery of my Cybertruck well after the first one is delivered. Yep. I think being the first is not mm -hmm. the, the best here. Um, I'm also feeling the same way about uh, uh, Rivian. Uh, we have a Rivian on yeah. order, and I'm not in a hurry to get it, although I would like to get but it. But you know what, too? Like with Tesla, it used to be with at least a service like was, was so good in terms of like they, they took care of you at least. Like right. Either like the right. mobile service would come. Fix your door. Give you a loaner and things like that. But now what we're seeing with Tesla, like giving up on loaners, not only giving up on loaners, now like they don't even like give you um, uh, Uber. They used to give you Uber credits when they didn't have uh, loaners and they don't even do that or they don't do that if it's for less than a day. I think if, if it's the, if the repair takes less than a day, they're not going to give you uh, Uber credits either way. So, so with the degradation of the service on that front, um, because I used to, I used to think at least, okay, you get you get your an early version. Worst case scenario, like your car is in service for a little bit uh, as they uh, they fix their early issues. But now it's like your car's in service, but like you don't have any other car. It's like, eh. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna like revert some of those changes for the early adopters of new vehicle programs like the Cybertruck. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right, the Jose. Any word on how Tesla will solve seeing any objects a couple feet in front of the front bumper, which the camera cannot see with the removal of the ultrasonic sensors? Good question. Yeah. Uh, camera cannot see a couple of feet in front of the front bumper. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I guess that's right. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that. I like, no, no answer for that one. Let's still trust and extensor things. Like I see all the Tesla fan blogs. They're like, oh, Tesla is saving hundreds of millions of dollars by removing the trust and extensors, uh, hundreds of dollars per car. Like, okay, is that is that a good thing? Like, it's, it's just... Yeah, it's but, weird when people are fans of cars getting worse. Yeah, uh, and and because it, that's the problem with the Tesla fans right now, they still have this mentality of like Tesla being the small like underdog company. It's not like a seven hundred billion dollars company and and the market leader in electric vehicles. Like it, it's like we need to start treating him like the big company and the the, the money making machine that it is, and uh, stop being so lenient on that front. I think like it's, it's they they did a cost cutting effort with that. And they're trying to sell it as like, oh, our vision technology is so good that uh, that we don't need those sensors. But it is a cut-cutting effort. There's no way yeah. around it. Yeah, and also like safety for like little kids running in front of cars. Mm -hmm. That's not good. All right, Peter. Will current Tesla vehicles qualify for the 2023 EV tax incentive? We touched on that a little bit. Or do they need yeah. to change battery chemistry and prices? Not price. Oh, I mean, talking for Model uh, Three and and Y here, and Model S and X won't be eligible, and that's perfectly fine because they are flagship, super expensive supercars, basically. Um, but like like we said, for the Model Three, our understanding right now is that Tesla is using uh, for the base version, which is the one that is eligible to uh, the tax credit in terms of pricing. I don't think it is. Uh, I don't, I don't think it meets the criteria on the battery side of things. So no, uh, Tesla might adjust pricing on the higher end version that use uh, nickel base uh, chemistry. And that could possibly give you access for like a long range model three, a little bit cheaper. Um, maybe with some, some for lock features, we don't know. So there might be something that could happen there on the model Y front. It, it, it looks like that, that, that is the vehicle that has the highest chance of being, uh, fully uh, eligible for the EV tax credit. So good news on that front. Yeah, I think all that's going to shake out pretty soon. Like the yeah. automakers are going to have to say, hey, one way or the other. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Greg Poland question. I have my wife driving a Fiat E500 right now. Uh, okay. She says the Model Y is too expensive. Should I just go ahead and get her a Model Y in 2023? <laughs> Well, that's the question for us. Should I go against my wife's witches and, and buy her an expensive vehicle? Get uh, her a bolt, dude. Yeah, I mean the bolt would be like a bigger. Uh, well, not the bigger. I mean, would be already like a big improvement on the Fiat 
UAE, I, I would think. But again, you wouldn't like in terms of long distance travel, you wouldn't. I would assume that you have already another vehicle, so maybe the this your wife's car can still be just like a, a city car, like the Fiat or the Bolt EV. So, yeah. All right, Bernardo B. The supercharger network is what makes me buy only only buy Tesla's EVs right now. Sorry, not going to rely on EA. Yeah, I get that, and you know EA and EVgo and the rest have not been as reliable. And you know, it, a lot of it has to do with the like what EA has to do. So they have to figure out how to charge like 70 different cars, you know, from like 20 different mm-hmm. automakers, like everyone's slightly different. They all have to do, you know, they have to have a screen and they have to have like a credit mm-hmm. card reader and they have to have RFID and an internet connect. I mean, Tesla's need to have an internet connection too. But I mean, a Tesla is like you plug it in, it, you know, it does a little handshake mm-hmm. and you start charging. There's no screens. There's no like, credit card readers there's no like stuff like that so like it's it's hard like it's hard to you know have uh ea stations that said like it's really like i'm i'm doing a drive on just ea chargers and i'm like i have serious range anxiety right now like i'm going to be stuck in the middle of pennsylvania uh with either really slow or no charging and i'm going to be just stuck overnight and i'm going to miss a baseball game in cleveland tomorrow yeah, because at least the Ford is very good at range prediction. So, like mm-hmm. when you, it's it's not even range anxiety at this point; it's 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 charging anxiety. Yeah, you're anxious that the charger you because you're gonna get to the charger for sure. You're gonna you're gonna get there. Ford Ford trip prediction is very good. So you're gonna get there, but then it's like, all right, if it doesn't work, or if it works poorly, then yeah, that would give you a bad experience. And Ford has um, plug and charge. Uh, which works with EA. So I don't even have to worry about credit cards or, you know, the app or anything. I just plug it in and it does a little handshake and we're off to the races, but still a little stressed. Like, you know, we've gone lots of times to EA chargers and like one out of four will work or one will work really slow. So it's still a little sketchy, a little scary. All right. Uh, what's the order time on a brand new Bolt? Uh, you can get one today at a dealer near you for probably ten to twenty thousand over MSRP. <laughs> if you want one at uh, MSRP, uh, you have to go to a, a dealer who's not horrible and uh, talk to them nicely, and maybe you'll get one in a few months. That's been my experience here in New York. I've heard similar elsewhere. Um, I think you know if you're willing to wait, you can get MSRP. If you want one right away, you're going to pay a little bit over. All right. Hey, Seth, if you want to get a Bolt EV, EV, maybe you should want to park it away from the house for a while just in case. That's that's funny. All right. Tesla Cybertruck is vaporware. Uh, that depends on the definition of vaporware. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the moment, it doesn't exist, but, yeah. it but it's like happening. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big meh on the Polestar. There's zero wow factor to justify the price. I disagree. I think I think it's a good looking vehicle. I just don't think it's that good of a looking vehicle. Look at the prices of big SUVs these days. They are expensive. Like, That's but true. Uh, if there's no third row, though, that would be disappointing. Like, if you have a third row option, then that would is it? Be I forget how fast is it. Crazy fast, or is it just like normal EV, like it's four seconds? Four point four point nine seconds. I think. Yeah, it's not too fast. Yeah. It's fast. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Like mm-hmm. it'll be super happy. People are super happy with it. But mm-hmm. all right, Silverado. You know the Tesla Cybertruck is going to be more than seventy thousand, so it's going to lose the tax credit. So the Silverado is a definite choice. Yeah, the Silverado is actually they're still saying forty thousand dollars, and the not. They're also saying there's going to be a four hundred mile version, but I don't think the forty thousand dollars is going to be four hundred dollars. No, no, no. Yeah, um, I think we should be careful though on that front. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some price adjustments there. Uh, For sure. Yeah. And the uh, Cybertruck, uh, I would be surprised if it starts at $70,000. Yeah. I would think starting closer to like fifty five or something like that. And uh, isn't the tax credit like eighty thousand dollars for a pickup truck? So, so yeah, for SUVs and pickup trucks, it's eighty. Yeah. But I feel like the first cyber trucks that come out are going to be the high end ones. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's fair. A plaid or whatever. All right, uh, Nanda Holtz has a funny one. Milton's life is coasting downhill. Yeah, 
because uh, of the yeah. Anyway, uh, I need I need to look into it. I just saw that he was found guilty, but uh, I, what really needs to happen? He needs they need the money to, back. Yeah, get that money back. That guy made hundreds of millions of dollars off of his lies. Like that's that's the main thing. If he if he gets to all right, he goes to prison for like five six years or whatever, and then he comes out and he's still super rich. Like he's like thirty five years old. He's, he's that his goal is he's probably like all right that's what i wanted out of this situation all right what is the range of the polestar 3 in terms of epa estimates i think we said 300 miles right yeah all right here we go here we go this is this is classic tesla will use the occupancy neuro network to see in front of the bumper the vehicle will see the space before it goes there and store the information just the same way they do for oculated vehicle yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then knowing Tesla, I'm like, all right, let's say that you park the car, you shut it down and everything, you leave, like you park it in your garage or whatever, and then you come back. Does the car like remember as it was driving up and he remembers in front of your car now? Like, or it should, it, it should, should, but, but knowing also, Tesla. Uh, also, like that doesn't account for like a dog running in front of your car that it can't yeah. see. Yeah, no, or that's a kid. Yeah. So uh, maybe Tesla will retrofit older car with a camera in the front grille, and then to add cameras to new vehicles. All right, we're yeah. just re Tesla adding stuff. things to the vehicles. That's really new. Uh, I won't back an automaker that makes EVs but won't make their own charging stations. All right, who are we talking about here? Why should I buy their vehicle if they can't invest and believe in their own vehicle? I, I I completely understand what you're saying, Ken. And and historically, you've been right. Like Tesla ha doing that has had like it's a big part of their success. However, when you look on the other side of things, like it also makes sense to like not have your own charging network and have like a global like charging, uh, universal charging for everyone. Just like gas stations are, gas stations are not for a specific uh, brand of vehicle. So it. It would make sense. It, the, the the logic is sound for the for future for the future market. It sounds from automaker, but they are taking a hit right now because the the charging infrastructure is so far behind. Other than Tesla, that uh, it, it is making a making it a harder decision to go with those vehicles for sure. Um, but long term, you you would think that it, it would. The issue would fix itself, well, not itself, but like the the charging network operators would fix it. Um, so, so yeah, it, there's there's definitely two sides of the story. Yeah, and you would think some competition would, you know, kind of force prices down a little bit, or maybe mm -hmm. like you know, if there's charging stations across the street from each other, there's like gas stations, yeah. like price wars or whatever. Hopefully, that happens soon. Mm. And uh, I think that is the end of the the q a well thank you everyone for your question a lot of great question this week a lot of interesting topics uh if you do enjoy uh, the electric podcast please make sure to give us a like and a subscribe and you can hit the notification bell if you're on youtube that will let you know when we're coming live even though we're pretty uh we're pretty good about being there every friday at 4 p.m eastern time uh if you're listening on a podcast app if you can give us a five-star review that's free to do it takes a second and it helps the show tremendously more than you would know um, that's it uh, for us this week. Have a good one.